Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this edition of the podcast, host Bill Hodges has a conversation with Dr. Sonia Norman, director of the PTSD Consultation Program at the Veterans Health Administration National Center for PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is not new. According to Dr. Norman, references can be found to it well before the First World War, where it was called shell shock. Each war has a different name for this condition, but finally, physicians are understanding its causes and improving on available treatments. Dr. Norman makes a strong point that Vietnam veterans who received treatment in the 1980s to no avail should give the VA another chance at, if not curing the problem, then mitigating the symptoms. An area of importance that was discussed was the symptoms of PTSD that might be indicators. Spouses and loved ones should encourage their vet to get help. This podcast might help save someone's life, maybe even yours. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. Today, I have Director of PTSD Consultation Program for the National Center for PTSD, Dr. Sonia Norman. Dr. Norman, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Bill, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, I I think you would have to live under a rock if you've not heard the initials PTSD. But I suspect that many people really don't have a good idea of what those initials encompass. Maybe don't even know what the words mean (laughs) that go with the PTSD. But I remember hearing from, and I'm older, I do remember some World War I vets talking about shell shock. And then, of course, World War II vets talking about battle fatigue. And is this a continuation of those kinds of things? Yeah, it's really interesting because after every war, there was a name for it. In fact, I think going back as far as like the Iliad and the Odyssey, really? um, there were descript yeah, yeah, there were descriptions, you know, pretty consistent with what we now think of as PTSD. And it wasn't until the Vietnam era veterans came home and really pushed us to understand this phenomenon that we really uh, put it all together and said, wait, this is a consistent set of symptoms. It's a consistent presentation, whether it's a war or another kind of traumatic event. It could be an assault, a natural disaster, a kidnapping. People who go through trauma sometimes experience PTSD. I had a, a friend of mine who was a World War II vet, and he was one of the first platoons to actually get to Buchenwald. And he used to tell me that he'd wake up in the middle of the night in sweats and just horrible thoughts in his mind. 
But I said to him, you know, why don't you get treatment? He said, well, nothing they're going to do for me after 50 years. But treatment is available, right? Treatment is available. And I personally have treated World War II veterans, Korean War veterans, of course, Vietnam era veterans. I've treated people who had their trauma in childhood and came to treatment, you know, in their 70s, and it was helpful. So truly, if you get effective treatment, it's never too late. And it could be really life changing. What does the words PTSD stand for? So it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, as we already talked about, the first step of anyone who might get PTSD is going through a life-threatening traumatic event. So someone might have that genetic predisposition or something, but if they never experience a trauma, they won't get PTSD. But in fact, trauma is pretty common, uh, you know, certainly among combat veterans, but even among, you know, civilians who never served, something like half of all people experience a life-threatening traumatic event in their lifetime. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's really common. And they you carry know. that with them? They carry that with them. So, you know, of course, anyone after something like that is pretty shaken and pretty upset, right? So the kind of thing you're describing, maybe they can't sleep at night, they're amped up, they're having, you know, they can't think of anything else. But most people after a few months, those symptoms kind of gradually go down, they sort of go through a natural recovery process, they kind of move on. And PTSD is the percentage, sizable percentage of people who kind of stay in that mode of continuing to feel, you know, amped up, have nightmares, have trouble focusing. I can tell you some of the most common symptoms, in addition to those concentration kind of amped up symptoms. Yes, please. Yeah. So, um, we call them intrusive symptoms. So I heard someone describe it recently as like, there's like an intruder who won't let you stop thinking about what happened. And that could be those nightmares like your friend was having that wake you up in the night and then you're, you can't fall back asleep. That could be just thoughts that pop into your mind. And these um, are what so, you're calling, excuse me, but these are what you're calling intruders. Intruders, intrusive symptoms. When I heard intruder, I'm thinking somebody comes from the outside, but we're talking about something that comes from inside here. The intruders, the PTSD. Yeah, the intruders, the PTSD that kind of won't let you stop thinking about it. And the irony is that another set of symptoms is symptoms we call avoidance. So even though there's these intrusive symptoms, probably the, the most hallmark symptoms of PTSD is this avoidance of people not wanting to think about the trauma, not wanting to do things that remind them of the feeling they had, or some people avoid certain smells like gasoline if they were in an explosion, or, you know, people who look a certain way, or, you know, just activities, crowds, crowds is really common, you know, people were often in a crowded situation in combat, or there was chaos, there was noise, they weren't sure what was going on. So now they don't want to go to a crowded stadium, they don't want to go to a crowded Walmart or Costco. So those are avoidance symptoms, and they're really common, too. And they may not even associate those with the problem they have. That's exactly right. And that I actually see more in the people who had their trauma a long time ago. So if someone comes in, you know, who served in Iraq five years ago, they might say to me, here's what my life was like before. And here's how it changed after the trauma. But someone who serves in Vietnam is like, I've lived this way for 50 years. This is how life is. What do you mean life can be different? No, you know, because it's been so long. They don't think of it as their PTSD. They just think of it as this is who I am. This is how I, I live. But then, you know, again, we, we offer treatment 
And we help them do those things that are objectively safe that most of us will do that doesn't feel safe to them because of their PTSD. And they're like, oh my God, I forgot how good this feels. Or I can get on a plane and meet my grandkids. This is amazing, you know? It is. When you stop and look at it, the number of people you're talking about that have been exposed to something that might trigger PTSD. And then the number of people getting treatment is very small in comparison to that total number who might need the treatment that VA can provide. That's exactly right. And treatment has gotten better and better. When we first classified PTSD as a, you know, as a treatable disorder, it went into our diagnostic manual back around 1980, again, really driven by the Vietnam era veterans. That was our first opportunity to really say, okay, now we, un- we understand this, this disorder better. Let's find treatment. Let's understand what works. And so the last, you know, since the 80s, we've been studying how to treat PTSD. And we, we've learned so much and we've studied you know, now there's 25 studies or more of certain treatments consistently showing that they work really well and help people recover. One of the problems we have with anything like this is first admitting you've got a problem. Yes. And to get in there and get that treatment is so important. A hundred percent. And, you know, I know a lot of your audience is Vietnam era veterans. And I think part of why I was going through the history a little bit is that maybe they came into the VA in the 80s or 90s or early 2000s even, and things were different. We were still learning, you know? So even if they came in and they were like, you know, I tried that treatment, it it didn't do much for me. What we have now is so much better. And what we have is widely available across VA. So, you know, I just want to tell all your listeners, don't let past experience stop you from going in now because the treatments we have work, they're available. And they work no matter how long ago, how long you've had PTSD. And don't let the media chase you away from the VA either, which I did for a number of years. I could have had treatment years prior. I I have a back problem. I got in a fight with a B-52 and lost. But I didn't go to the VA until one day somebody said, hey, listen, you need to do this. And they took me by the hand and got me down there and got me started. And maybe we need to take some of these people by the hand. And, you know, you mentioned my audience is veterans. My audience is also veterans' spouses. Mm. And so people are listening in to hear what you have to say who didn't serve themselves, but have people in the household that did serve. And your information is going into ears that could lead them down to the VA and say, look, he needs treatment. That's really great. You know, what you said about a friend took your hand and brought you in. That's been my experience with a lot of veterans who come into treatment. It was really a buddy who was like, look, I was where you are. Get yourself in there. You need this. It's going to help you. Uh, And I know not everyone has that buddy for a variety of reasons, including sometimes PTSD makes you really isolate and, um, you know, lose those buddies over time, you know, grow apart from them. So one thing National Center for PTSD has is we have a website called About Face. If you put uh, about face PTSD into your search, you know, window, it'll come up and it's videos with tens, if not hundreds of veterans at this point of all service eras, ages, genders, ethnicities, races, talking about how they realized they had PTSD, how they realized it was time for treatment and how treatment helped them and what their life is like now. So for someone who doesn't have that buddy, they can still hear those stories. They can still learn. 
you know, it's important it, to me. The VA has given me fantastic treatment. I, I just I can't complain about it at all. If I have a problem, I go there, they fix it. Or if it can't be fixed, they'll explain why. And I think that care at the VA is different than care outside the VA, at least for my disabilities. Is this the same for PTSD? You know, one thing the VA has done is made effective treatments, treatments that work. Really, um, we call it a rollout. They've th- there's ongoing training so that uh, as new clinicians, doctors, therapists are hired, they they have the opportunity to get trained in these best practice treatments as part of their job. And this is to make sure that they're available at all VAs. And what I find in the community is it's more hit or miss. Just because someone hangs up a, a shingle and says there's a tr- they're a trauma specialist. Some people are amazing and they offer these great treatments. Other people will do, you know, what they think works, but it may or may not work. There there may or may not be actual scientific evidence behind it saying, yes, hundreds, if not thousands of people have gotten better with this and there's no danger to it. So I think in that way, in in offering, you know, treatments that work uh, is where we really see something very special. You're listening to my guest, Dr. Sonia Norman. Director of PTSD Consultation Programs for the National Center for PTSD, which is the VA outreach. But you are also a university professor, is that correct? Yes, I'm, a, I'm a, based in San Diego, and I'm a professor in the psychiatry department at the School of Medicine at the University of California, San Diego. So that gives you added resources. It does. And so one of the hats I wear is as a researcher and actually studying PTSD treatments and figuring out what works. So I'm able to get grants through the VA. I'm also able to get grants through the university. So it really, uh, you know, gives me opportunities to do the work I love. We're running out of time. I've got about two minutes and I want to use that two minutes to allow you to say the things that I haven't asked you. Yeah, you've asked great questions. I'll mention a couple of other resources. We talked about About Face. In general, the National Center for PTSD has information on PTSD and anything, PTSD and anger, PTSD and guilt, substance use. You know, if you're wondering if something's related for your PTSD or if there's help for it, it's a great website to start. You also mentioned Bill Family Members. There's a resource through the VA called Coaching Into Care. Also, just put it into your browser and it comes up. And it's a number for family members who are wondering how to help their loved one who they realize needs help, but maybe isn't ready to say, yeah, I I need treatment. So it's resources for that. And they can actually talk to a a trained person and, and get some support. So there's a lot going on there. And, you know, just again, sending that message of hope. People who tried treatment 20, 30 years ago maybe felt like PTSD was a life sentence or that, you know, it was like diabetes. They could manage it, but they couldn't really, you know, recover, get, feel like they had the quality of life they wanted. And that really has changed. So there's hope. Give it a try. I would like to say one other thing and to verify with you, we're not talking about things that have to be combat related. It could be in the training, it could be other things that happen to you on base or as part of your military assignment, correct? Absolutely, and that's what I find in my work with veterans is that when I'm treating PTSD with combat veterans, a good chunk of the time we're working on traumas that were outside of combat, were maybe even outside of the military. And certainly 
tons of people who come to the VA, um, maybe never served in combat, but still have PTSD from another kind of trauma. And absolutely, treatment is available. And one of those is sexual trauma, which is a whole widened subject. But that's something that can create a lot of PTSD problems, correct? Correct. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That is very common, sometimes from military times, sometimes from other parts of someone's life. And absolutely, that's there's treatment. The treatments work for sexual trauma as well. Dr. Norman, I've just learned a lot. And I know our audience has learned a lot. The big thing is, if you think you need help, go to the VA and ask for it, correct? Correct. Correct. I always say, if you don't ask, you don't get Right. And, you know, we've talked about PTSD today, but there's all sorts of things that people struggle with. Sometimes it looks more like depression or anxiety or something else. You know, you meet with someone, they ask you questions, you figure out what's going on, you figure out what your goals are for your life. And that's where treatment begins. Dr. Norman, thank you for being with me. My guest today has been Dr. Sonia Norman, Director of PTSD Consultation Program for the National Center for PTSD a VA outreach. Thank you so much for being with me and I hope you'll come back. I'd love to. Thank you so much for, for having me, Bill. Thank you for the work you do and thank you to your listeners for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Hodges. This has been Veterans Corner Radio. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. We'll talk to you again soon on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.